This was brought to you by The Storyteller on YouTube and Facebook. On our visits into town, we often saw Germans about, but they never troubled us. I used to go with Vanta who'd been teaching me the fiddle, and used to play a little with the men, but of course I was amateur compared with them. I also used to play little tunes for Uncle Vanta to do his madman act and his cartwheels and his dog woofs. The German soldiers had never seen his odd performance before, and they found it very funny and threw coins. But, of course, the big earner was Rupee who everyone loved. Meanwhile the women would be trying to tell fortunes, Germans or anyone. But our normal customers, who bought the metalwork or had pans or kettles repaired, were now reluctant to even answer the door because of fear of the soldiers though no one ever said why. When the men went into an inn to slake their mighty thirsts they got an inkling why apparently. They had been rounding up the Jews and taking them away though no one seemed to know where or why. Mainly they took men, but also some of the women, though they didn't seem bothered about the children then from what we could hear and everyone presumed they were taking them somewhere to work for the Rhine, because it was well known that the Nazis hated the Jews for some reason. We never realized that they hated us, too, and if you ask me why they did, I honestly don't know to this day. Why did they kill us? Is it because we were free and had no places to stop in, and that was not allowed anymore? The birds are free, but they have their trees or their nests to stop in. Or did they see us some sort of savage, primitive people who obey no laws, but those of nature, untrue though that perception be? Why do all you non-gypsy people not talk to us, find out how we are just humans like you? When you do not talk to someone, you talk about them and misinterpret them. On the day the wolves came, Uncle Vanta had remained in his camp, and sent me to the main one with some special tonic or medicine, as there was a woman having a difficult pregnancy. Uncle had hundreds of medicines and ointments and poultices and stored them in a variety of jars and bottles in boxes under the old wagon and next to the dog. I'd been helping him make them up so I had a good knowledge of what was what anyway. It was a bottle of something to give the woman strength, he said, and I walked happily along the track to the main camp. I'd only been there a few moments when I thought I heard three shots in the distance, and a single bark. So did some of the others, but it didn't worry us as gamekeepers shot in the woods and sometimes the local count came in to do some shooting as well. Suddenly, we heard vehicles, even that wasn't unusual because occasionally someone would go along the main track for logs or the like, but this time there were several vehicles and coming not just along the track, but leaving the track and coming to us. We all stood and watched. They had come from the usual direction, Uncle Vanters. Yet there had been no whistle, and they had passed by the advance watchers, too before they even had chance to give us a late signal or for the children to mob them. Bewildered, those children followed the vehicles into the main camp. There was an officer's open car and three or four motorcycle combinations with machine guns mounted on the front of the combination part and five lorries. They stopped at the edge of our clearing and an officer came out of the open top army car, which also had a gun mounted on its bonnet. 
You could have sliced bread with the immaculate creases in his grey-green trousers. His grey-green blouse had white piping round the shoulder pads, and on the collar a double lightning flash whilst on the other collar were three pips. A white eagle was sewn on his left arm, and over the blouse were leather straps attached to a belt from which hung a pistol and ammunition pouches. The belt buckle was real silver, and depicted a swastika, and an eagle. One thing made him look very sinister. His peaked cap had an emblem on the front, a silver human skull. It was much later that I found that these monsters were the infamous SS. He had about 30 soldiers with him, most carrying rifles or a few light machine guns, and they jumped down from the backs of the lorries. They did not look nice but they made no threatening gestures towards us, just stood together quietly talking to each other, and exchanging cigarettes. The soldiers' uniforms were similar except that they had what I think are called forage caps on their heads and several wool camouflage smocks over their tunics. Our women must have guessed there was danger because they made no attempt to approach them to tell fortunes. The officer shouted an order in German, and a private soldier trotted forward. I am the Herr officer's translator, he said in good Slovak. The breeze held its breath. This was brought to you by The Storyteller on YouTube and Facebook. Listen to our podcast on any of these platforms. Anchor. Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify. Support us on Patreon. And check us out on Discord. All the links can be found in the video description below. We thank you for your participation. If you enjoyed please like, subscribe, share, make comments. We love feedback.